Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Sean Cannell, and we're going to explore his recipe to YouTube video success. If you don't know who Sean is, he has an incredible success track record on YouTube. And today he's going to break down everything you need to know to create a really incredibly successful YouTube video. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show, are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Sean Cannell. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Sean Cannell. If you don't know who Sean is, he's the founder of Think Media a company that helps marketers sell more with YouTube. He's also co-author of YouTube Secrets and co-host of the Think Media Podcast. Welcome back to the show, Sean. How are you doing today? Mike, I am so fired up for uh, being back with you. Absolutely love the show. I'm a listener myself, and I'm excited to talk about YouTube today. Sweet. Well, today, Sean and I are going to explore the critical elements of creating a successful video on YouTube. And I want to start with my first question, which is, there are a lot of people listening right now, Sean, who are maybe not on YouTube. They might be a little skeptical. Maybe they're all in on Instagram. Maybe they're all in on TikTok, but they're like, meh, YouTube, organic YouTube. Why? Make the case to the skeptics. What, what's the advantage to YouTube? Yeah. What I love about YouTube is 65% of people go to YouTube to solve a problem and every marketer listening to this there's problems they solve whether it's their products their programs their services their physical products their supplements 
whatever it is. And people are going to YouTube. They want to answer those questions. I think we can relate to this because maybe you need to change the CD player in your Honda Accord. And so you went to YouTube. There's a video on that. You were trying to fix your dishwasher of your Whirlpool W261. And you went to YouTube and sure enough that there was an answer there. But maybe it comes to solving social media problems, sales problems, CRM problems. People are going to YouTube looking for answers. So this is a huge opportunity for marketers to create content that gets in front of your ideal audience that can bring you ultimately views, but also leads and even sales on autopilot. YouTube's really a long play when you go organic. As direct response marketers, you can do YouTube ads or you can do Facebook ads or banner click advertising and all kinds of things to maybe get a response quickly. But YouTube's kind of like farming, like gardening. As you put out really strategic content over time, you can create an amazing amount of inbound traffic for your business and brand. And for example, Think Media right now gets around 3,500 views on our content. That's my YouTube channel. Every 60 minutes, Mike, every hour, wow. we have 3,500 people watch our content. And that's pretty much not because of posting new content. That's because of evergreen content that we've posted on YouTube over the years. Has it been easy? No. Is it worth it? You got to be kidding me. That much traffic coming in when I'm on vacation with my wife and son or when I'm working on another project or writing my next book, YouTube is building my business in a truly passive way. And so that's why I love YouTube organic. Yeah, we get about 400,000 views a month on our YouTube channel, which is we've invested heavily in the last few years. What's unique about YouTube and you've nailed it is that they will go out and they will find you an audience where with Facebook, for example, you know, you have your page and you have your audience and you're lucky if a tiny little fragment of those people that are followers are going to see that content. Facebook does not, generally speaking, go out of its way to find you a new audience for all the content you produce. But YouTube tries to find you the right audience, whether they are subscribers or not. It doesn't matter if they're subscribers or not. Just talk about that a little bit because so many people are focused on growing their subscribers, but YouTube's going to find them whether they subscribe or not, right? Yeah. And what kind of excites me, and I think a 2022 term that I would love for us to think about as marketers is a lot of people will say that search traffic from YouTube, YouTube is the second largest search engine, but it's not the most valuable traffic source. It's only like maybe 12% of the views on YouTube. However, I think that the key term when it comes to YouTube in today's world is not search-based content, it's intent-based content. And what we teach is ultimately that, yes, when you position your content around search terms, it's not just going to happen in necessarily a linear search-based way that people are going to find you. What YouTube is going to discover is what people want to see, and then they'll start placing their videos in front of people. Let's make it simple. What's on your YouTube homepage right now? If you're listening to this, what would we learn about you if we logged into your phone or if we were to go to your smart TV, open up YouTube, and see what's being recommended? If we see a bunch of dog and cat videos being recommended, we'd know that you really like watching, you know, funny animal content on YouTube. If we saw maybe different kind of political view content from teachers on the left or on the right, or rather news sites or outlets or personalities, we'd kind of maybe know a little bit about you. If we saw that maybe you were looking for, you were dealing with maybe some chronic pain, like I have been. And so I look for 
wrist exercises and carpal tunnel exercises. And I get recommended cool content of how to stretch out after working at the computer for a day. And so YouTube starts suggesting videos on your homepage because it learns what you want to see. I think an understanding of how the YouTube algorithm works in that way makes you as a marketer say, okay, what content do I need to be creating that's getting in front of the intent that I can predict for my ideal viewer? And the creator who understands the viewer best wins. The marketer who understands the viewer best wins. When you can kind of get into the conversation that's happening in their mind at night, what's keeping them up? Trying to solve a money problem? Trying to solve a pain problem? Trying to heal a relationship? What is keeping them up at night? As they express their intent, watch to or listen to Google, who owns YouTube. Even the very search terms you share on Google, if you're logged in with a Gmail, YouTube will start even giving you different intent videos suggested over there because they know what you're asking and your behavior on Google itself. And so your expressed intent uh, as far as how you're shopping or even what you're searching for, and then certainly what you're watching on YouTube is cultivating for you what they're recommending next. Your goal is to get your content in front of the right people or ultimately optimize your content in the right way so that YouTube We'll put it in front of the right people. And that's where the big opportunity is. Well, folks, now, hopefully, that's those of you that are skeptical understand the big opportunity. And it is not too late. That's the other side of it. It is not too late. There's such a massive audience. Sean, there's so many things that we as creators, YouTubers, marketers do wrong. And I know you've coached and advised so many people. What are some of the big mistakes that you see people making with YouTube? Some of the ones that seem to be happening over and over again that might be wise for our audience to understand to avoid? Yeah, I think number one is not having a strategy, right? Is just going into YouTube without a plan. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail and not having a strategy based on how YouTube works. So not understanding YouTube itself. And that's what I love about this show and this entire social media examiner community is each platform definitely has best practices and things you want to need to master in order to maximize the performance of that platform for your end goal. And so that's what I'd say number one is actually just kind of going in, uploading, you know, kind of random videos, being random in your approach to when you're posting, what you're posting. And so I would challenge us, do you have a strategy? And secondly, is it written down? Like, do you have a plan? Do you have even a very simple napkin plan for what you're going to be doing on YouTube? I think that's the first thing to get in place so that you can maximize your time and money and not waste time or money, which is the also energy that it takes investing in creating content. Is there anything else that you typically see people making mistakes on? Yeah, I think the biggest one probably that I see the most is once you've maybe committed to YouTube, you've even maybe thought through what your strategy will be. Number two, overthinking. I mean, man, and I think we're all guilty. There's so many areas of life where we overthink things but I know for getting on camera, for marketers, even maybe you feel comfortable making a reel. Maybe you feel comfortable making a quick TikTok. You don't mind making some Instagram stories. But there's actually something about YouTube that just feels intimidating too. Oh, it's longer form content. Or maybe I'm going to try to do a video podcast. Do I have all the gear? So you start overthinking about that. Then you start overthinking like, what am I going to say? Is it going to grow too slow? Is this going to be worth my time? What if I waste my time? What if I'm uncomfortable on camera? Man, overthinking. And I think ultimately, we like to encourage people, you have to start before you're ready. You also can't steer 
a parked car. Okay. I like that. I like that. So if you're just starting on YouTube, like what if my first videos are not very good? No, they won't be like your first videos are your worst videos. Like you got to start somewhere. What if my strategy isn't perfect? It doesn't matter. You just, just get a simple napkin plan. Start going because you can't steer a parked car. Once you have momentum, now you can make tweaks to the process. I want to chime in on this car thing. Anybody who has kids or remembers when you first drove a car, you were horrible. Like you didn't even know how to take a turn without yeah. hitting a pole. Uh, you didn't know how to come to a stop fast enough. Like I love this. Not only can you not steer a parked car, but if you don't know how to drive a car, well, guess what? In the beginning, you're going to suck at it, Right. In the beginning, you're going to be horrible at it because you don't understand it. And the person that maybe you're lucky enough to have someone in the passenger seat saying, break, break, <laughs> you know, but we know it's a process. And over time we get so comfortable driving a car. We don't even think twice about it. And I love that analogy because eventually we're going to learn some stuff today. That's going to allow you to drive, if you will, the creation process of videos so that you can go from a parked car to a car that's capable of actually performing. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. No, I love it. And then of course there's the advanced stuff, which is like parallel parking. There you go. When you first try to parallel park. And so you really just got to start, you got to get on the road, you got to hit the gas pedal. And then when it comes to overthinking, the biggest topic I see people overthinking is the production value. They ask questions. Do I have the right camera? What lighting should I get? And a lot of times we hide behind our Amazon purchases that keep us from actually just pressing record. We go, okay, once I get the camera, once I like clean my office, once I like actually get some things set up, which please do all that stuff as well. I mean, that's what we help people with, especially on our channel. We help people pick out the right camera, but the smartphone you already have is really good enough to get started. And you're really never gonna regret in the future taking action right now in the present that gets you moving. In fact, you're gonna celebrate those early videos when you just punch fear in the face and punch perfectionism in the face and press record just on your smartphone. And it's really more about the content value, not the production value. All of us are probably watched a video that maybe somebody was sharing something really valuable that they were sharing from the heart in a moment, maybe reacting to a trending topic or reacting to something. And we were listening to the content they were sharing, the words they were sharing, the ideas they were sharing more than worrying about the production value. Sure, people need to see you and hear you, but any new Android or iPhone like is great in your office, you know, in your home office, got some carpet in the room, then room's not very big or echoey. It sounds amazing. That's like all you need to start creating some content. Don't worry about the production value when you're starting. Worry about the content value, which brings me to the third biggest mistake, which is not deeply understanding your target audience. What I see, Mike, in coaching a lot of, marketers is they're making videos. And if, especially if you already have a YouTube channel, you could go back and look at the last 10 to 20 videos you've posted and ask yourself, is this what people really care about? Like, are these actually the topics that people really care about the most? And I think that this is the most powerful thing in marketing period. It's actually not how good is your message first. It's actually how well do you understand your audience first? Like you could be the greatest speaker in the world, but as John Maxwell taught us and everybody communicates, but few people connect, it's not that you can get on stage and communicate the best message. It's actually first, is it the right message for the audience? Because you could be the greatest communicator in the world, but sharing that message with the wrong audience. So there's something about market message match 
And a lot of times I see people spending a ton of energy making videos, but they're not really talking to, if you will, the pain points, like what's causing your target audience pain? What are their biggest frustrations? What is on their heart and on their mind? What would be an irresistible topic for them to click if they logged into YouTube? What do they want to talk about? What do they want to hear about? What do they want to learn about? And there's some value to, if you will, just kind of like starting making videos that answer sort of generic questions. Like if you were helping people with email marketing, like how to set up your email list. But there's a whole other level of depth when you can understand the frustrations and pain points of your target audience. Also who they are. Are they beginner, intermediate, and advanced? Who's this video for? Who's on the other side of the camera? When you match that up from a place of authenticity, even with just your smartphone, don't overthink it. Solve their problem. Add some value. And then you can really get momentum on YouTube to the degree that you understand your target audience. Okay, so first of all, so many people listening right now, I'm sure can resonate at least with one of these things. I don't have a strategy or I'm making it more complicated than it needs to be. I'm letting my head make it overthought. I'm thinking I got to have all this fancy equipment or I'm not actually thinking about who I want to reach, right? And, and what their challenges are. So, so many marketers can resonate with so many of these things. Now, what I would love to talk about is let's make the presumption that you who are listening right now, acknowledge that you might have some of these challenges, but you're going to solve these challenges. Now we're going to pivot this conversation into what should we do to create the perfect YouTube video? And Sean, you have really mastered this. Before you tell everybody what they should do, I would like you to share how many videos you think you have published and how many millions of views you've had across these videos, just so people understand. Sean isn't just some random guy who wrote a book. He's got experience behind him. Yeah, I mean, I think today we're, we've posted over 2,000 videos. I should say that I've personally posted over 2,000 videos, not just on my channel, Think Media, or on our channel, Video Influencers, or on our podcast channel, but a lot of my early career was doing YouTube channel management for others, even video editing, coaching them through the content, managing their YouTube channels for them. I worked in a church as a director of communication for a lot of years and was running the YouTube channel. So I'm actually probably more towards 3,000 videos that I've personally uploaded, titled, optimized, and put out on YouTube, which by the way, a lot of which didn't do that great, but that much volume and experience, I've distilled down the lessons into what we call the perfect video recipe. And those have amounted directly to over 200 million views, but through uh, those we've helped that use the same recipe, we're at billions of views now. And so... Yeah, it's been fun refining this process. And I love helping people really learning from my mistakes, learning from years of, if you will, doing it wrong or just getting marginal results and figuring out what are the levers that really make the biggest difference on YouTube in today's world. By the way, Sean, great job on your accomplishments. I mean, I've known you for a while and you've really, really been crushing it over the last couple of years. So let's talk about your strategy. What do we need to know at a macro level in order to be able to get started with this? Yeah, so I'll share the whole perfect video recipe. And then I think we probably have time today to maybe just hit the first part, but it's four pieces. And it's the big idea, the hook, the content, and the transition. And here's why I think this is powerful. You know, I actually am not a very good cook and I like to eat out. I don't mind cooking or barbecuing a little bit, but I wouldn't call myself a great cook. But then I discovered something called HelloFresh. And so HelloFresh is like other subscriptions where 
they send you, you know, a box, it's on some ice. And so you got your meat, you got your vegetables, and then you have a printable recipe. And what's incredible about HelloFresh, anyone who's done this, that maybe isn't have any formal cooking training or wasn't raised by parents who really made you, you know, pass along some cooking skills, is I went from no cooking confidence to now bragging to my wife that I'm Anthony Bourdain. I just followed the recipe. It's a printed out card. And they were like, you know, chop the lemons, you know, preheat the oven to 425, do this, do that. And then on the other side, flavors are coming out of that thing. Here's why. Because I have the recipe. And so I think that what you want for a successful YouTube video is these four elements. The big idea, what that is, is your topic, your thumbnail and your title. The hook, that's going to be your first 15 seconds, but it could be as long as even a couple minutes. It's the opening of the video that grabs attention right off the bat. And those first few seconds matter most especially on YouTube. Then it's the content, optimizing the content. And we can't get into that here, but when we really teach this, we teach about about 10 spices that can spice up the content. And that's going to be your video editing. And instead of just direct through talking head, editing a little bit, maybe adding sound effects or music. And you don't have to add those spices up front. You may just want to make a more basic video. You can have extreme success with that. And then finally is the transition. And this is huge because it's not the outro. It's not the ending. On in a YouTube world and social media world, nobody's going to care about the ending. If you let people know you're ending the video, they're gone. They can go click on another video. They don't need to watch until the credits or watch through the credits. So the goal on YouTube is to not let people know you're ending and actually to transition to the next strategic video, not just throwing up an end card that's clickable randomly, but actually in your content saying, man, if you liked this, click or tap the screen to watch this next. Or you know, you just learned this, but here's the problem. And you want to agitate the next problem, agitate the next pain point and say, you learn this, but it's not going to work unless you learn this. So click or tap the screen to go watch that next thing. So those are the four elements. And I think we can hang out on big idea today. But number one, it's big idea. Number two, it's the hook. Number three, it's the content. And number four, it's the transition. I love this. And the big idea obviously is the start of the entire thing. And I love the idea that we should really start with this. So why don't we start with describing what the heck at a macro level the big idea is before we dive into like some of the elements of it? Like, what do you mean by big idea and how many of these big ideas do we need to have? Yeah. So, when it comes to the big idea, here's one of the biggest mistakes I see a lot of people make on YouTube. And sometimes I see people even teaching on YouTube and they say, when you start out with your YouTube idea or when you start out with your YouTube video, here's what's going to matter most the title and the thumbnail. And there's no question, those two things are very important. And so you want to say two pieces of the big idea are one, the title. So are you writing something that's compelling, something that's clickable? And a lot of times it's better rather than revealing everything, the type of videos I can do best in terms of the algorithm are videos that actually kind of create a question. They compel you to click. They might be titled something like the best new camera that nobody knows about yet. Well, then I need to know what's behind the door if I click on that versus saying, a Sony A6400 review. Right. That's telling you what it is. And both are good, but that's your title. And then, of course, thumbnail. And the importance of thumbnail is that's the movie poster of your video. Is it compelling? Is there some curiosity in it? You know, is it colorful? Is the contrast? Does it stand out on the YouTube page? Does it make you want to click? But here's what I've learned people focus on those two things when there's actually a more important and stronger piece greater than both title and thumbnail. And that's 
the topic itself, like what the video is actually about. Do people even want to watch this? Is it something that they want to see? And, and for example, if you could literally have Michelangelo raised from the dead as a great painter artist, like the thumbnail is so good, it needs to be minted as an NFT and sold for $10 million. Like it's, there's nothing more beautiful than that thumbnail. And then maybe you get like David Ogilvie to write your title, like the legendary marketer. He's writing the most compelling title. No greater copy has ever been written. It's studied for years to come, but people don't care about the topic. They might even stop on YouTube and be like, wow, that thumbnail really got my attention. And man, like that was a well-written title. I don't really care about that topic though. Like I, I don't want to. Topic is where like the game really is. Are you talking? And then conversely, if you just have a clear title and the thumbnail is decent, but you're talking about the right topics at the right time, maybe it's reacting. Maybe if marketers would know when iOS 15, you know, comes out and how it's disrupting paid ads, you're talking about what's on people's minds. You might just say what to do in light of iOS 15, have a picture of you like with confused hands. You put it all together in a matter of minutes, but you're talking about the right topic at the right time. If you're just talking about, you know, evergreen content, if you will, for digital advertising, but not the hot topic for now, your video might not do that great because you're just talking about general topics as opposed to a specific, maybe trending, maybe top of mind topic. Now, if you can get all three, you've got a winning combo. Because if you talk about the really right topic at the right time, strong title, strong thumbnail, that's ultimately the big idea. And kind of two things to illustrate this is I learned this secret from Hollywood when it comes to the big idea, which when they're pitching movies, they come up with what's called the log line. And the log line is a summary of what the entire film is about. And they come up with the log line before the video is even greenlit to be made. Because Hollywood studios will get thousands of scripts a year thousands of movie ideas a year. So they have to be very selective of what are they actually going to turn into a film and what are they going to put their money behind, their human resources behind. And so the log line is a way to summarize, is this movie compelling? Is this even worth watching? And it's a one sentence summary. Now, I'm not saying you have to make a log line for every YouTube video you make. But what I would suggest is the truth is there are 10,000 different topics you could talk about in your YouTube video that you film tomorrow. But what's one really should get your energy? If you were a production studio, which topic, which big idea should actually get funded? And so if you brainstorm like 10 big ideas, then you pick the one that has the potential to make the greatest impact. That also might be the easiest to make. Maybe you're like, oh, it's another Marvel you know, movie. These are guaranteed to win. What's well, probably smart to do one that's guaranteed to win. So here's the big idea topic. What's the title? What's the thumbnail? I want to zoom in on this log line. Young Skywalker goes on an adventure to discover who he really is. What movie am I talking about? Star Wars. <laughs> right. The original Star Wars, right? New Hope. Right. Yeah. So I love this concept of a log line, right? And really, that's it. I mean, like, it's the adventure of a young kid trying to figure out who he really is and his place in the world, right? Yep. And that is fascinating when you think about just making it as a log line. I want to dig in on this a little bit. Like, what would the log line be for some of the videos that you've produced recently? Because I don't want to just skim past that. I mean, can you think of any off the top of your head? Well, so I can look and what's kind of cool about the YouTube analytics now is they always rank your last 10 uploads 
by how well they performed in terms of views. Right. And they also measure the click-through rate and the average view duration. But at any given time, you're competing with yourself on your last 10 uploads. So if I look at my top out of my last 10, my top one actually has a mystery title. It's why YouTube is not recommending your videos, dot, dot, dot. Uh, okay. So would that be the log line as well? Or is the log line something different? So yeah, the long line could be, what's the idea? What's the topic? That's also happens to be the title, but why YouTube is not recommending your videos and explaining how the YouTube algorithm works. This is also my number one performing. So this one's a good idea, good title. And then the thumbnail has a little red arrow and it says, fix this. And it points to some analytics and I look kind of confused. So it's not, it's actually a very YouTube best practice. And the big idea should be ultimately also aligned with not the entire platform. It should be aligned with who are you talking to? So you could try to reach the entire platform, but if you try and reach everybody, you end up reaching nobody. 10 out of 10. So our worst performing video out of our last 10 is easy ways to grow your podcast. Now there's two things there. One, that one's actually the furthest off brand for us because we're the YouTube people, but we're also, we're in a brand deal. We have a video podcast. It's not our main expertise. So that video might've performed better elsewhere, which also shows though, I've got 10 ideas. And if I'm trying to optimize to which one's going to make the biggest impact, I got some tips to share on podcasting. That should be in like spot 50, where I think why YouTube is not recommending your videos. Oh man, that hits. People are going to want to know YouTube is our thing. So if I have a list of, again, 25 videos I can make, my goal is to just devote my time, my money, my energy, some of my Google calendar block next week towards creating the content that's going to make the greatest impact. Again, number nine is how to record a PowerPoint presentation. That's not really shiny. That feels like an older video. Is it an older one? No, it's actually brand new. Oh, wow. Okay. I will say that one of the reasons though, that that video is powerful is because of our understanding at Think Media, that even though that video underperformed in the short term, it'll crush long-term because it's just very search-based. The average amount of views we get on Think Media kicks in at about day 80 and we're getting around 80,000 views at day 80. So it's so specific, like how to record a PowerPoint presentation, free and easy software. The perfect video recipe is almost like the perfect video viral recipe. Like you could create viral videos with it if you do all these elements right. So I think it's about having a strategy. We know that sometimes we kind of make videos that using a baseball analogy are kind of like a base hit. All we were trying to do with that video was get on first. But sometimes we want to swing for the, the fences. And that's why maybe it's a mystery title. We're going more for that suggested traffic. And so, again, that's what I would say is like, you might brainstorm 10 to 20 topics that you could do next on your channel. And that's like getting 10 to 20 movie scripts, you know, on your desk. But then think about the big idea. Think about the log line and go, okay, which one of these are strongest? And what might be good is to cut out 15 of those and double down though on the series that has the biggest potential of really growing your channel. And if you're established on YouTube, so one thing you guys can do at Social Media Examiner is you can discern what even your best ideas, topics of the past are from your highest performing videos and probably turn those into new series to the point of the Marvel franchise. <laughs> you know, Hollywood is not necessarily very creative, although I think it's great. They just are kind of like, we know this is going to work. Let's do the big ideas that if you will, are going to pay the bills. 
because I think they take a lot of risk on art house things and different projects, but they know for sure you put out a Marvel movie, it's going to be profitable. It's going to keep us alive. And so if we're trying to really grow leads and get our business going, we only have limited time to make YouTube videos. So getting the big idea right is hugely important. And I think here's a final way to illustrate this. You know, Mr. Beast, who's been very generous with his YouTube knowledge and definitely the GOAT of YouTube, greatest of all time in a lot of ways, was a part of a mastermind group for years, kind of just an informal peer group. But they would just sit down and talk all things YouTube. They would brainstorm all things YouTube. And so I know, if you will, a lot of his protégés and a lot of them will do something similar. And it's this. Imagine having a Trello board. And many people here would know what Trello is, but you essentially have four stages to maybe your videos. You have pre-production where you're planning out the idea and what's the big idea. You then have production where you're recording it. You have post-production where you're editing it. And then you have distribution where you're distributing it. So it could be like four Trello boards. Like what stage is this video in the creation process? Well, what Mr. Beast would live and what he does and what he would encourage others to do, and I know many that do this, is at the big idea phase, that first Trello board, they would come up with the title and the thumbnail, which would inherently include the topic itself, and they would design both, write a great title, design a thumbnail, or at least a concept of a thumbnail, but then potentially come up with 10 to 20 big ideas. But for Mr. Beast, he does not make 19 of them. He goes, okay, really thinks about it. Because now today, he'll put 500 people in his Squid Game remake. He'll literally put money behind it. Mr. Beast has been known to spend $10,000 creating an original thumbnail once it's really greenlit. So it's kind of the same idea. You have 20 big ideas, and you even have thought through the thumbnail, you've thought through the title, you've thought through the topic, but you don't make them all. Out of those, you go, which one has the potential to really crush? And as you begin to learn YouTube, you sort of have a discernment for it to a point. And maybe not everyone's going to be as good as your last one, but by brainstorming, I think a lot of big ideas. And let's summarize this because we're not Mr. Beast. We don't have million dollar budgets. But what I think it really comes down to is, again, like brainstorming through what is the 10 biggest topics that are on people's mind for your ideal customer, your ideal audience? What are even 20 or 30 of them? And then thinking about which one are you capable of pulling off? But then also, which one would is most likely to get clicked on? Which one do people want to see most? What are they thinking about now? And by taking the time to brainstorm 10, 20, 30 big ideas, and then really think, okay, that one's really strong. That's the one you should give your energy towards next. And some you maybe shouldn't even make. And here's what I feel, Mike, that a lot of people get stuck in is sometimes we do get stuck on the kind of treadmill of just trying to check a box and upload a video, which is great to be consistent every week. But sometimes we are just literally just, okay, next topic. All right, next topic. And maybe we're even passionate about it. But I've learned now I'm posting so many videos that, of course, you got to back it up with the rest of the perfect video recipe. But it starts with the big idea. And to the HelloFresh analogy, like we get to go to the website first and actually pick out the meals, there's 50 choices. We get to decide that we want, ooh, the steak with the leeks, with the asparagus. That's the big idea that I want. And then the rest of the recipe follows behind that. People are coming to YouTube. They're watching certain topics. Are you talking about the right things? Are you actually making videos about the right things? Is your video podcast about the right topics? 
Is your next video something people really want to see? And Mr. Beast has the discernment now to say, filling a whole house with, you know, inflatable bouncy balls or, you know, with bouncy balls, like that's so clickable. Like is the title, like, and then that's in an entertainment world. In our case, there are big ideas. You're listening to this right now. There is so much growth and opportunity and leads and impact and money and revenue on the other side of your next big idea when it comes to a YouTube video. There is a couple of videos you could make this year that will present massive growth opportunities for your business. And so I also don't want to say that this is necessarily easy, but I want to say that as you're mining for gold to get clear on understanding your audience, not overthinking this, but just coming up with like strong topics that add real value about what people are really asking for, what a lot of times you'll find, it's the 80-20 rule on YouTube channels. You post 100 videos, there's going to be about 20 of those, 20% of those are going to be producing 80% of the results. Sometimes it's much more extreme. We could probably go to Social Media Examiner, YouTube channel right now, and find that there's probably you know, 10 videos producing 90% of the results. What can we learn from those topics? It's not just because the videos are edited well. That matters. It's not just because the content's good. That matters. It's actually the topics people care about most. And so leveraging the 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle, it, the more we double down on talking about the topics that people care about most is the more that we can grow our YouTube channels to extraordinary levels and as a byproduct, ultimately grow our businesses. There are some people listening right now that are like, okay, I have no idea which topics should be the ones we should focus on. You kind of hinted at one thing, which is to go look at some other channels and see which videos are really crushing it. And I would imagine if they don't have great thumbnails and good titles and yet the video is totally crushing it, well, that's a signal that that's a topic that might be a hot topic. Do you have any tips for our listeners as far as how to decide which topics that they should focus on outside of just their maybe insight into their customer base that they already have? Lightning round. So one, you got to live in the top news of your industry. So I encourage you to go to Google News and type in your topic. For me, I type in YouTube. I type in creator economy. I type in influencer marketing. What's your topic? Go to Google News and look at articles and new announcements, things that are coming out. As a second note, you know, this week in Las Vegas is where I live is the NAB show which is A, half our team or a few of our team members at Think Media will be down there creating content. But B, even if you can't go to the show, new camera announcements, new tech announcements, new lighting, new microphones. So you need to be paying attention to industry events, trend, periodicals. That will feed you topics. I think, secondly, talk to your customers. If possible, get on the phone and get in actual conversations with what is bothering you the most? What's on top of mind for you? Where are you getting stuck? What's on your mind? And by having a few conversations with your ideal customer, if possible. So if it's A, they could already be an ascended or higher level customer that is subscribed to your services. They also could maybe just be people who haven't done business with you, but they're on your list and you invite them into a Zoom brainstorm meeting where you're like, listen, I actually wanna add some value and just ask you some questions, which on a shallower level, but still very powerful. If you have a YouTube community tab, which is when you get 500 subscribers, do polls on your YouTube community tab to get feedback. You might even watch, you come down to four titles and topics and say, hey, which one of these are you most interested in? And you go to your YouTube community tab. Here's what I love about this. It is hard to make a video. 
you might want to take a shower that day. You might want to turn the lights on. You know, you might want to actually iron your shirt. You might want to eat a good breakfast. You want to film maybe a couple of videos. You got to get up and actually do it. So why not before you do that, post the four potential topics on where you can do a group survey. It could be in a Facebook group, could be on Twitter, but your YouTube community tab, and then actually see one will probably disproportionately be outvoted than the others, which has a lot to do with the topic. It might be influenced by the mystery around the title, but then it goes, okay, the log line got signed off by kind of a crowdsourced focus group type of environment. So you could do that digitally or on the phone. And then three, I love the tool vidIQ and they have a lot of trending features. So you can watch certain search terms, which are almost more like intent terms. And you could see what videos are trending around that. So then you might say, oh, I should talk about that too. I should share my unique perspective on that thing as well. So looking at tools like vidIQ and anywhere else where you might be able to spot trends, BuzzSumo, you know, paying attention to Google News, paying attention to different hashtags, whatever that is for you. And then finally, and I put this last because I think there's marginal power to it. I think that you could do a lot originally by focusing way more on your customers than on your competitors. Because I think too often we actually are too worried about our competitors and trying to like react to what they're doing or react to what they're saying. When really, if we just serve our customer and address the thing, keeping our customer up at night, we'll be better for it. But there is value number four to looking on someone else's channel that's in your industry and seeing what topics are performing best for them. VidIQ has a trending tool that gets overlaid over your YouTube channel that shows the view velocity, VPH, views per hour of videos on someone else's channel. And the most powerful way you could use that is you actually go to their channel and you don't see which videos are getting a lot of view velocity in a week or even two weeks. You actually are curious which videos are getting a lot of view velocity three months old, six months old, two years old, because it shows you there's some evergreen weight to that topic. So if you added your video to that conversation around a similar topic, because some of this too, if you're reacting to news, some YouTube content's a little more ephemeral. If you react to something that's just trending now, then it might not have a long lifespan, which is fine. But there's also the possibility of just talking about top of mind, evergreen topics that are the biggest pain points your target audience has year after year after year after year. And we've discovered that, you know, like for one, there's something magic and all the YouTube teachers would know about this around how do you get your first 1000 subscribers? How to get your first 1000 subscribers is the wording and the topic as a YouTube teacher that a, a large group of people want. It's more than 10,000 subscribers and even more than 100,000, it's where a lot of people are, depending on you know reaching them right where they are. That's also an evergreen topic, but it's also the wording and how the pain is expressed by viewers wanting to start YouTube or, or break through that barrier. So I think figuring that out from maybe your competitors' channels and using some tools to discern that, those are some different ways to inform what topic you should create next. Awesome. Let's do a similar lightning round on thumbnails. Like, what have you learned? Just a couple of quick tips for people who want to focus on thumbnails. Thumbnails, we learned this from actually a Netflix study that thumbnails should have maximum three things in them. So huge mistake people make is thumbnails are too busy. If your logo is in the lower left-hand corner and then you've repeated the title in it and then it's kind of a, you're trying to show a whole like office tour, but it's too zoomed out. So it looks cluttered. And then you're in it as well. 
And then there's some other emoji in it as well. It's too much stuff happening. Simplify it down. In fact, one of the most powerful mindset things to consider is actually go hang out on Hulu and HBO Max and Amazon Prime and Netflix and look at those thumbnails. Like that's a mastery level. And one of the things that's also interesting is Netflix will test their thumbnails. They'll change them. They'll split test them and change them. We don't really have the ability to do that on YouTube. Maybe someday will. There are some tools who kind of try to sort of imitate that. But the punchline is thinking through those best practices and thinking about the rule of three. What that could look like is if you are going to be in the thumbnail, it's maybe you with emotion on your face of some kind, emotion that reinforces. And people might go, I don't want to make the YouTuber face. Well, you can decide how extreme it needs to be. You don't have to be like just looking like an absolute lunatic, although there's plenty of examples of me out there looking that way. And the YouTube face, we should say the YouTube face is kind of that open mouth shock kind of thing, right? Open mouth shocked and it's hyper exaggerated. Yeah. But there is something, again, emotions matter. So right. is the video sad? Right. Are you worried about the real estate crash? Are you worried? Are you excited? Are you stoic? Are you so thinking about you have your face, you might have one item. So we might have one camera or something. And then we don't repeat the title and the thumbnail. You might have one word. And so a thumbnail for us might be a picture of Nolan's face, kind of curious about a new camera. And the camera is on screen. And maybe on the lens, we put a question mark. What camera is it? And then maybe we put 4K as a resolution. And it's like the 4K killer question mark. Or we say, new Sony camera. And then the title says something like game changing camera from Sony makes, you know, and so there's a headline to it. So to summarize, if possible, emotions matter. Research has shown that people do resonate with faces. And so if you do want to have your face in there, having your face in the thumbnail with some degree of emotion, it doesn't have to be overly exaggerated. But the reason it is overly exaggerated, final couple tips, it's just because it's such a small piece of real estate and you're trying to stand out. So a couple tips are emotion, but possibly exaggerated emotion because it's a little more than necessary to get someone's attention to look. Color, but boost up that contrast or that saturation by 20, 30% because you're trying to stand out on the mobile feed and on the TV. And then simplicity though, because what story are you trying to tell? So don't try to tell too much. Here's one of my biggest challenges. We do a lot of office tours. It's hard to show an office in a thumbnail. It's too much to see. It's very cluttered and busy looking if you you know back out and take a wide shot. Typically, you want contrast of depth, of perspective. And typically, tighter shots are going to be better than wide shots. Because what is it? That's a big question. Like, What am I looking at? Or can I even really see it? Or can I really discern it? So a lot of times you want to probably zoom in more. And sometimes a way we will do that is what tells the story. And finally, I'll say, don't be afraid of staging the thumbnail in an ethical and authentic way, meaning producing a photo or taking a photo that is true to the content that is accomplishing the purpose of the thumbnail. Here's the goal of the thumbnail to get the person to click in an honest, non-clickbaity way or an ethical clickbaity way meaning you're just ethically getting them to click on something that will be delivered in the video. But what that might mean, there was a shabby chic channel I was coaching. They have a lot of shabby chic decor. 
if you take a wide shot of a shabby chic room, you can see nothing. It's just too, it's all kind of white, all blends together. And so it would not be unreasonable to take a, a particular lamp and a candle and an end table and move it against a wall so it's isolated against a plain color wall and take a photo of it so that minimal things are clear in the thumbnail. That looks very interesting, but that might express that more is revealed in the entire video. So that would simply mean that thinking about this and ending with this big idea, Mr. Beast has been known to spend $10,000 or more producing just a thumbnail, digging an actual hole when he buried himself alive, getting into the hole, building in a real coffin, getting people up on scaffolding to take a real photo of him down in it. And one thing that my friend Rob Wilson over at vidIQ revealed, and they have a video about this, Mr. Beast recently has gone back to his old videos and done thumbnail redesigns. And you can watch the graph. The videos was just chugging along at kind of a flat line getting views, but they shot up because he actually went back and brought his, you know, today's knowledge as well as today's even production value of creating a thumbnail from scratch. That's a little overwhelming for us as marketers, I would agree. But I think it just tells me that it's worth you taking five extra minutes to think through how could I express what this video is going to say and spend a little extra time in your thumbnails, taking a photo if necessary, using stock photography if necessary. And then I'm dropping a lot here, but lightning round practical tips that I like to do is I do have a thumbnail designer now, which is a full-time graphic designer on our team. Up until two years ago or less, I was that person for the first four years of Think Media, and then the previous six years of building YouTube as a side hustle. So canva.com, Photoshop, if you're comfortable. I was my own graphic designer. But today, what I will do is I'll get a gray paper background. You could just tack that up on your wall. Some decent lighting. You don't need anything fancy. But if you want to outsource and hire a freelance photographer or you know somebody, I will get a couple different shirt changes. I will get props cameras. In my case, you know, I've got a silver and gold play button. So I might take photos that illustrate that's the desired end result of somebody growing on YouTube. I'll bring props over cameras over. I'll bring a blank book over like a white book. Cause it could just put words on it or a blank iPad, hold that up or blank phone. And I will take a couple hours to shoot a thumbnail batch of different emotions. I look surprised. And I also go on YouTube and study other videos and say, okay, what expressions do I want to put in this batch of photos? And then those are on Dropbox. And there's probably a hundred, you know, pretty crispy photos of me for the videos I'm in. I've probably been using that batch for a year. And if you also, there's services that can make thumbnails for you. But as far as having a big batch of creative, it's pretty exhaustive. I mean, my wanting to do it again is just because I get bored. The results are not lower on our channel. Like there's enough, you know, in tips on that would be different color changes. Like it's nice to have your, maybe your best colors, but you have some kind of a blue colorway or you have a black just t-shirt or you wear a suit, like you could put a tie on, which that might not even be your thing, but it tells a story. It tells like, you know, such and such for professionals or whatever. And so you can have fun with it. And that might sound like, oh my gosh, I don't want to, you know, that sounds, I don't want to do a photo shoot, but think about the leverage of that. I did that one time like 12 months ago and we post almost 10 videos a week between our video podcast, proper videos on our YouTube channel, five a week. So I do 
lots of things in kind of a systematic, scalable way, I'm looking for that leverage. And so, yes, it took some forethought and work, but it saves massive time on the other side. And so I hope that lightning round was valuable, but that was a lot of thumbnail thoughts. A hundred percent valuable, Sean. Now, I know we've just scratched the surface of the perfect video recipe. If people want to dig deeper, is there a place they can go to learn the whole darn thing? Yeah, absolutely. We actually have what's called freeyoutubeschool.com, which is just free resources that'll help you go deeper. And so that URL is just freeyoutubeschool.com. And also, depending on when this comes out, YouTube Secrets second edition, Mike, is out now or about to be out. May 26th is when this drops. Great. And so it'll be out. And so YouTube Secrets second edition is we rewrote the book. A lot of the things that still work, which were the original seven C's of success still work. But the new chapter in the book is on new YouTube features as well as the perfect video recipe. And so that's just on Amazon, ebook, physical book, audio book. And uh, all new stats, a lot of new and some outdated things too. So we felt it was time. YouTube Secrets came out in 2018. So fully updated for a 2022 and beyond world. YouTube Secrets, second edition. We're super excited. And the perfect video recipe is broken down in detail with all the spices as well. Not just the four ingredients, but the 10 spices. They're all in there. YouTube Secrets, second edition on Amazon. Sean, if people want to connect with you on the socials, it's their preferred channel. And if so, what is your idea on that channel? I mean, Sean Cannell rhymes with YouTube channel and that's Instagram would be my favorite place to kind of hang out social media wise. I love Instagram stories and reels now. In fact, Mike, like I've been doing reels of repurposed content, but I think I just made my first reel with like music and it was because I was at a wedding and it was an outfit change. So I'm, I'm trying to dip my toes. Brock Johnson is constantly shaming me and guilting me for not making four reels a day. So I'm excited about what's happening with vertical video and Instagram would be a fun place to to hang out. Sean Cannell on Instagram. That's C-A-N-N-E-L-L. Sean, thank you so much for answering all my questions and providing a lot of wisdom to our audience. We're way better because of it. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Appreciate you and so grateful for the opportunity. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 512. And if you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.